You're listening to the podcast of Christ Walk Church in Fernandina Beach, Florida, where we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. We hope that these messages encourage and challenge you to live for something more. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can find us online at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening. Now here's today's message. Well, good morning, Christ Walk. How's everybody doing today? Nice. I like it. I like it. So good to see all of you. I'm excited about today, excited about what... Um, I'm going to get to talk to everyone about, excited about a lot of the things that are coming up um, here at Christ Walk Church. We had, we had a, a staff meeting um, earlier this past week, and we just spent some time just looking at the calendar and talking about some of the things that are, that are around the bend and, and just uh, celebrating some of the things that God has been doing here lately. And uh, this is just an incredible, um, it's an incredible church and it's an incredible time to be a part of an incredible church. And God is doing just some, just some awesome things in and through our community. Um, if you got your Bible or you got a smart device, I want to uh, encourage you to turn with me or swipe with me today to uh, the book of Colossians. That's one of Paul's letters in the New Testament, the book of Colossians. And we're going to land in chapter 2 in just a moment, and that'll be kind of our launching point for today. I've got a ton of scriptures that I'm going to be throwing at you this morning. So if you're a note taker, get ready uh, to write those down. Um, But we'll start off in Colossians 2 here in just a moment. Um, I love sports. I love sports. Anybody been watching the NBA playoffs? Anybody? Nobody? Just me? Okay. It's like crickets. Like, you know, that's, there's a thing. It's called basketball. It's this orange kind of ball, and there's a big orange circle, and these, these sweaty men, they get out and they run up and down a piece of wood, and it's, you should try it. It's really cool. Um, yeah, so I, I love, man, this is going to be a tough message. If right here at the beginning, I've lost everyone in the room. I'm going to need some help this morning. Uh, I, I love sports, though, uh, particularly college sports. Any college sports fans in the house? Okay, there we go. There we go. Uh, many of you know that I am a huge Kentucky Wildcats fan because I figure, you know, if Jesus roots for a team, I might as well root for that same team as well. Um, and, and when it comes to Kentucky sports, uh, not just basketball, like I'm a fan of all the sports, um, like all of them. Like, uh, did you know that Kentucky women uh, won a national championship in volleyball just this past season? And I watched all the games. That's right. I'm that guy. Like you come home or you, you walk in and SEC uh, network is on. Um, my office is adorned with Kentucky Wildcats paraphernalia from top to bottom, artwork a football helmet, even my desk chair is uh, royal blue and has the logo embroidered in the headrest. Um, You will regularly find me wearing a Kentucky t-shirt or other athletic gear, even when it isn't game day. I listen to uh, a radio show called Kentucky Sports Radio every single day of the week. I read blogs and message boards about recruiting, um, who's coming to join this team, who's transferring, all of those things. I do my very best to plan my calendar around football and basketball games. My wife can attest. Yes, I agree with you. That's obnoxious. I get it. I'm not denying it. But like it or not, it is just who I am. You cut me open and I bleed Kentucky 
blue. And for Sarah, my wife, it's a bit of an acquired taste. But luckily, I married a girl who really likes sports, particularly football. And she likes football really more than most men that I know. Um, and so that's a great thing for me. And, and she's learned to, like when it comes to Kentucky sports and everything, she's learned to just roll with it. And, and I have this picture of my kids in my office. Luke was probably five or six. And so that would have made Avery about two or three. And they're, they're sitting on the stairs at my parents' house and they're both decked out in their Kentucky Wildcats gear. And, and that's something, it's, it's one of my very favorite pictures of them. And it's just, it's representative of something that my wife always did whenever the kids were little. She always just did this thing to, to just make me feel good and make me feel special. On game day, she would dress the kids and she would put herself, because she knew that I was going to be wearing blue, so she would be sure that the whole family was wearing their Kentucky stuff on game day to make me feel special. And I can remember this one time that we were out and about on, on game day, and it was before the game started, and we had gone somewhere to get a bite to eat before we were going to go back home and get in front of the TV to watch the game. And all four of us were in our Kentucky gear, head to toe, you know, decked out. And we're, we'd gone to, to this restaurant, and we were standing there waiting on our food, and, and there was a gentleman close by us, and, and um, I noticed that, that he, was, he was kind of, you know, a, particularly here in Florida, um, you know, you don't see Kentucky all too much. You see that ugly blue and orange with the gators and, you know, maybe with some, some black and red Georgia Bulldog stuff thrown in, vomit. Um, and... And so uh, this man was captivated by this beautiful shade of royal blue that stood in front of him. And I noticed that, that he, he looked at me, and then, then he looked at my wife, and, and then he looked at my kids, and then back to my wife, and then back to me. And I could see the hamster start to, start to turn on the wheel inside of his brain. And, and he eventually, I, I was able to make eye contact with this man, and, and he spoke up and asked the question that, that allowed me uh, to realize that I I was standing in the midst of pure genius. You, you can probably see where this is going. He said, y'all Kentucky fans? I'm sorry, I'm a bit deaf in this ear. Could you speak into this one? I thought you just asked if my family, all dressed in royal blue, Kentucky Wildcats, head to toe, you just asked if we were Kentucky fans. Here's your sign, brother. Here's your sign. Yes. Yes, we, we're, like, we're not just pretending. We are not here in gator country, like trying to pick fights with people on per. Like, yes, this is who we are. For anyone that's spent more than about five minutes with me, it is overtly clear. I could not deny it if I wanted to. It comes up in conversation. It is a part of my regular everyday activities in life. I am invested in it. I am a Kentucky fan and I don't care who knows it. I don't. Till my dying day, win, lose, or draw, most of the time win. I will cheer on my Kentucky Wildcats. It's just a part of who I am. That is my thing. And we all have our things. We all have our things. Maybe your thing is to pull for a particular sports team like me, or maybe for you it's a hobby. Maybe you CrossFit. 
or you fish, or you crochet. Maybe, maybe it's photography, or video games, or it's playing a musical instrument, but we all have these things about us that serve as identifying characteristics or identifying factors in our lives, things that serve as the foundation of part of our personality. It's, it's these things that, that we choose to be identified as and that we are proud to be known for. And today I want to talk for just a few minutes about something that I hope every single person that calls Christ Walk Church home, every single person that is in this room, every single person that is going to watch or listen to this message online, it's something that I hope that all of us will be known for. In addition to maybe what team we're a fan of or, or what we like to do in our spare time, it's something that, that I want everyone to know about the people of Christ Walk Church, and that is that we are followers of Jesus Christ. That's what I want everyone to know. I, I hope that it, it, is, it is readily overt in the lives that we live. But, but for some of us, that may not be the case. And now, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not suggesting that there is like a plethora of us that, that are not Christ followers. Because if you're here today, there's a good chance that you are a Christ follower, or at least you're interested in what this whole following Jesus thing is about. And so I, I'm, I'm not saying that it's, it's not something that we're, we're not doing, but I am saying that following Jesus isn't always something that we're necessarily just known for widespread. See, many of us, we prayed a prayer once upon a time, asking Jesus to come into our heart, to be the savior of our life, to, to forgive us of our sins. And from that point on, many of us who have prayed a prayer like that, will come to church on Sunday and we'll even sing some of the songs when the worship band plays. We'll take communion like we're going to later on today at the end of the service. We may even read our Bible from time to time, throw a couple bucks into the offering plate or in the big silver box on the back wall. But beyond that, nobody really knows about this family that we belong to. Typically at the end of every message that I preach, I give an opportunity to, uh, for people to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and, and, and regularly and consistently, there are people that, that very quietly, without much fanfare, they choose to pray that prayer and enter into a covenant relationship with Jesus. But for a lot of people, and maybe you are among those ranks, that's about as far as it goes. But it needs to go further. It needs to go further than that. I, I believe that our faith in Jesus wasn't meant to just be this, this private thing. See, we were created to be in community with others. And, and it's, it's on purpose that God designed our faith to be a faith that is, is lived out loud. Something that people should know about us. It's something that should come up in regular conversation. When you are around a Christ follower, it should just be something that is readily apparent. And, and if, if you and I, if those of us who claim to be Christ followers, if we're going to make a difference for the kingdom of God in these last days, 
we're not going to be able to do it from the shadows. We're not going to be able to do it straddling the fence or hiding behind something else or pretending like this part of our life doesn't exist or it's just compartmentalized and it's only on Sunday morning for about an hour and a half and that's it. See, if we're going to make a difference for the kingdom of God and in our backyard and to the ends of the earth in these last days, we've got to become a people that, that we're not ashamed of following Jesus. Where it's, it's not just something that we do, something that we participate in, but we allow it to seep into the very fiber of everything that we are. We have to take on this mindset of, yes, I am a follower of Jesus Christ and I don't care who knows it. I am all about Jesus. We have to go public with our faith. And the first step to going public with our faith is this thing called water baptism. Water baptism. And so this morning, instead of just preaching, I'd like to do a little bit of teaching on the topic of water baptism, if that's okay. And as the pastor of this church, I think that it's important for me to regularly exhort and encourage our body from the word of God. But equally important, I think, I think that it's my responsibility to teach us the why behind the what of the things that we practice as a part of our faith so that everyone can be on the same page. We can be on the same page together in terms of why we do the things that we do. And if you're here this morning, and, and, and there's a good number of you that probably fit this description, you've already accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you've already been baptized in water. You're going to fight the tendency this morning to kind of check out. Like, yeah, I get it. I've been there. I got the t-shirt. It's all good. And I'm going to ask you, just stay with me if you can. Let's lean in together because there's probably some things this morning that I'm going to talk about that, that are going to be important to you because somewhere along the lines, the Lord is going to provide the opportunity for you to minister to someone else and for you to encourage them to take the steps of faith that you've already taken. And you're going to need to be able to tell them about it in a clear and an educated way. And so for the remainder of our time today, I want to answer five questions that you may be asking about water baptism or five questions that, that people in general will often ask about water baptism. So if you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to write these down. This is not going to be like rocket science or anything. It's just going to be very straightforward and to the point. But I want to be very clear about what it is behind the reason that we do this thing called water baptism. So first off, question number one, what is water baptism? I think that's a pretty good place to start, right? What is water baptism? Well, water baptism, simply put, it, it's, it's a symbol of Christ's burial and resurrection. When we step into the water, it is us identifying with, um, with, with Christ's death on the cross. And when we go under the water, it is us identifying with his burial. And when we come out, we come up out of the water, it is us identifying with his resurrection from the dead. 
Colossians chapter 2, you turn there, verses 12 through 14. Paul writes this, that this is what will be the foundation of everything else that we're going to talk about today. Paul says, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. There he's talking about the, uh, our identification with his burial going under the water and then coming back out. And with him, you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. And then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. So that presents this picture of what baptism is all about and some of the reasons behind why we participate in it. But there is an important note that something that I think is very important for us to talk about and before we go any further. Baptism, water baptism is not the thing that saves us. Okay, so getting in the water and going through this symbolic act, that is not the thing that makes you a Christ follower. That's something entirely different that happens before baptism. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, Paul writes this. He says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. That's what saves us. It's belief in Jesus as Lord and Savior. And Paul says, you can't take credit from, for this because it's a gift from God. So the thing that saves us it's when we put our faith in Jesus that he is who the Bible says he is. He is the guy that he claims to be, that he is the son of God sent from heaven. He is 100% God, 100% man, God with skin on, if you will, who walked this earth, who was crucified on the cross for your sin and my sin, who was put in the grave. And three days later, he rose from the dead and he defeated death, hell, grave, the grave, and sin all in the process. That's what saves us is belief in him. But water baptism is an outward symbol of that inward faith in Jesus. Baptism is not the thing that saves us. It's, it's, it's faith in Jesus that does it. So baptism is not what makes us a believer. It points to the fact that we already are one. That's what baptism is all about. And, and when when we engage, when we, when we have this experience in water baptism, it points us to some new things in our life. First off, it points us to the fact that we have experienced new life. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul writes this. He says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. Romans 6, 4, Paul writes, For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. It's a symbol of our new life as a Christ follower, as a Christian. We bury the old life and we rise to walk in this new life going forward. It's, it's literally a denying of the old you that existed before Jesus. That person is, is gone, and, and that person is the person that, that our enemy, the devil, wants to beat us over the head with. 
wants to beat us over the head with our past failures, our past shortcomings, our past mistakes. So the devil may whisper our past in our ear, but baptism screams about our future. That's what it is pointing to. It's pointing to the future that we have in Jesus Christ, that that the devil's gonna continue to remind us of our past. And through baptism, we remind the devil of our future, that our sins have been washed away and the old man is gone. And now we are walking in this new life in Jesus Christ. We are not that old person any longer. This past Friday, I had an incredible opportunity to um, do one of my pastoral duties and to officiate a wedding. And at that wedding, the bride and the groom exchanged wedding rings. And baptism is a lot like a wedding ring. It's an outward symbol of the commitment that you've made in your heart. It's a commitment that has to be followed through and lived out on an ongoing daily basis. I wear this ring as a a symbol of a covenant relationship that I entered into almost 17 years ago. That's right. That was for Sarah that you're like, how has she put up with him for that long? We don't know. It's grace. See, single Blake, sorry ladies, single Blake no longer exists. (laughs) Todd knows what I'm talking about. Sarah and I, we have now become one. We, we are invested in this thing. There is no going back. I wear this ring so that everywhere I go, each and every day, the people that I come in contact with, that they know I belong to this lady right here. That's what I want. Every, I belong to her. She wears a ring on her finger that says she belongs to me. We belong to each other. I am hers and she is mine. And baptism, when we go through the, 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 the ceremony, the covenant of baptism, it says, I belong to Jesus. I am his and he is mine. I'm invested in this relationship and there is no going back. The old me has ceased to exist. I am now just the new me and I'm walking forward, leaving my past behind with my face turned towards the future that I have promised to me through the work of Jesus Christ. That's what baptism is all about. New life. It's, it also points us to new blessings. New blessings. Matthew 28, 19. This is part of the Great Commission. You'll see this verse come up several times today. It says, therefore, go and make disciples. This is Jesus' command to his disciples shortly before he ascended back into heaven after he arose from the dead. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. See, when we get baptized in water, it is in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptism places the name of the triune God of the universe upon us. And it it confirms our new position in Christ, as well as affirms the blessings that we are now able to receive as a son or a daughter of God the Father. Think about it this way. I have two children, Luke and Avery. And, and when it comes time for us to, um, to, to go uh, you know, out to eat or whatever, I don't just open up the doors of the car and let any of the kids in the neighborhood come and get in the car and go with us. 
It's like whoever gets there first, they get to go. Or, or you know, I'm, I'm not going around and, and, and buying every one of the kids in the neighborhood, uh, you know, back to school clothes and their school supply. No, I'm taking care of my kids. I bless Luke and Avery because they belong to me. There, there is some, they, 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 have, uh, they, they have precedent over other people because they are mine. They, they belong to me. They, they, are, they, they are my children. And I am their father. They, they bear my name. Some of them, they, sometimes they kind of look like me as well. Sorry. But that's why I bless them. Because they are mine. They, they've been marked with that. It's the same when, when we go through uh, this, this water baptism and, and we identify ourselves with Jesus. We position ourselves as we are marked with the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It positions us to receive his blessings in our life. So new life, new blessings, a new family. Baptism points us to a new family. Baptism in water, it connects us to the body of Christ, which is the church. It's it's God's people on earth. And in baptism, there, there's a real sense of being joined with other believers. It's not just about participating in an individual act of our own spiritual journey. Through baptism, we, we step into a community of faith as part of the body of Christ. It's this act of baptism that when we, we fully step in, we become a member. We, we truly belong to the church, to the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 13, Paul writes this. He says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. He continues this thought in Galatians Chapter 3, verses 27 and 28, where he writes, And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. It's this idea that through baptism we put on new clothes, that when, when we become a part of the team, we put the jersey on. Because it shows that we represent a part of the larger whole that, that we are an individual piece of. And so through baptism, we put on the clothes of Christ and we represent the part uh, that we represent that we are a part of the global church, his body on this earth. So that's what baptism is all about. Baptism is an outward symbol of an inward faith that points us to new life new blessing, and new family. Question number two, why should I be baptized? Now that I know what it is, why should I do it? Number one, because Jesus did it. We follow his example. Jesus himself was baptized. Even though he was not a sinner, he humbled himself in obedience to identify with us and give us an example to follow. In Mark chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, we read, One day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. So we get baptized because 
Jesus got baptized. And if it's something that Jesus did, it's something that as his followers, we ought to want to do as well. The next thing, why should we get baptized? Well, not only is it something that Jesus did, but it's also an act of obedience. Water baptism is an act of faith and obedience to the command that Jesus gave his disciples as part of the Great Commission. Therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It was part of Jesus' command that for those of us that we're going to step into faith in Jesus, that that's part, of, that's part of the deal, that we are to be baptized. And he, he challenged his disciples to baptize other people as they accepted Christ. So because Jesus did it, because it's an act of obedience, and, and thirdly, because it's a public declaration. It's a public declaration. Baptism declares to the world around you that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. It is a a public confession of your faith in and your commitment to Jesus. And it's the next step after salvation through the repentance of sin and faith in Jesus. And it's foundational, not optional. It is foundational to the Christian life. Mark 16, 16 says anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Matthew 10, 32 and 33 says, Jesus says, everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. So why should we be baptized? Because Jesus did it. And because it's an act of faithful obedience toward our covenant relationship with him. And it declares publicly the decision that we have made to be his follower. So we've talked about what is baptism. We've talked about why should I be baptized? Number three, how should I be baptized? How should I be baptized? Here at Christ Walk Church, we practice baptism through immersion. We practice baptism through immersion. According to the example of Jesus um, that we have in the scriptures, we baptize by the immersion, being immersed or or being dunked under water. And it's this word baptize um, that comes from the Greek word baptizo, which literally means to immerse or to dip under the water. Matthew 3.16, talking about Jesus, after his baptism, Jesus came up, out of the water, it's clear that he was, he was immersed. He was dunked under. Every baptism in the Bible that I can find was by immersion under the water. The, the book of Acts, which tells us the story of the establishment of the early church, it shows us that this was the normative behavior for every believer, that this is how they were baptized. In Acts 8, uh, we, we hear the story of Philip baptizing someone, and it says, uh, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized them, and when they came up out of the water. So they're literally, they're getting into this water. There's no denying. It is, it's covering them from uh, their, their entire body, top to bottom. 
And, and there, there's, this, there's this thing in the church, there are these two kind of juxtaposed um, ideas or, or beliefs. And um, the, the best way to describe them is, is believer's baptism versus infant baptism. And, and maybe you've heard of infant baptism. Maybe perhaps you, um, you grew up at a church and maybe you were baptized as an infant. And typically that, that happens with just the sprinkling of some water on the, the head of, of a child. But, but we here at Christ Walk, we practice and, and part of the tenets of our faith is in accordance with what is known as the believer's baptism. The believer's baptism goes this way. It's when someone hears the gospel, they accept Christ as Savior, and then they choose themselves to be baptized. And this is different from infant baptism because not only is infant baptism not found directly in Scripture, it also wasn't a practice of the early church. And the way that this differs is that an infant is incapable of believing in Jesus on their own. That choice is being made for them by someone else, usually their parents. And, and some, though, they would argue that infants could have been baptized when the scriptures referred to entire households being baptized. For example, in Acts 11 and in Acts 16. But this is purely speculation that there may have been infants in the home. And it, it wasn't specifically spelled out in the scriptures. But when it comes to the household, what I think is important for us to, to think about and, and, and a challenge from your pastor is that, that something that is way more important than, than the baptism of infants in a household is instead, we need some moms and dads to step up and set the example for what it truly means to follow after Jesus Christ and to begin to build that legacy and pass it down into the next generation. That is what God is calling us to in this baptism, that, that we go through this act and then we live a life that is set apart from our old way, that we are modeling that for future generations to come. And so here at Christ Walk, how we practice baptism is by immersion. You get in the water, you go under the water, and you come up out of the water. That's how we do it. Number four, question number four, who should be baptized? Who? Christ followers. Every, capital letters underlined, every person who has made the decision to believe in Christ should be baptized in water. When Paul writes to the believers in Rome, he's making the assumption we read this in, in Romans chapter 6. He's making the assumption that all of them have been baptized in water. The only requirement for baptism is belief in Jesus. That's it. In Acts 2.41, the, the, the day of Pentecost and the, the church was established on the earth, it said those who believed what Peter said were baptized and were added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. Later in Acts 8, verses 12 through 13, it says, But now the people believe Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. And as a result, many men and women were baptized. And then Simon himself believed and was baptized. So who should be baptized? Believers. It says they believed. 
and were baptized. We see that over and over and over again in the scripture. So who should be baptized? People that believe in Jesus as Savior. We've talked about the what. We've talked about the why. We've talked about the how. We've talked about the who. Now let's talk about the when. Question number five. When should I be baptized? When? We should be baptized subsequent to our repentance. Subsequent to our repentance. In Acts 2, 36 through 38, it says, So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? And Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. As soon as a person decides to put their faith in Jesus Christ, he or she can be and is encouraged to be baptized. And in the New Testament accounts, we primarily see that those believers, they didn't wait. There was no lapse of time that they often, they got baptized the very same day, as soon as they believed. Acts 2.41, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day. Acts 8, 35 through 38. So beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. And as they rode along, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? You can, Philip answered, if you believe with all your heart. And the eunuch replied, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he ordered the carriage to stop and they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. Acts 16 29 through 34, the jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. And even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. And then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they had all believed in God. So if you're a Christ follower, but you haven't been baptized? The question today is, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? God's word is clear. His command is clear. It's time to let the world know. If you are a Christ follower and you haven't been baptized in water, it's time to step out in faith and to clothe yourself fully with Jesus Christ and become a part of this family. If you would like to do that, we're having a special baptism celebration next Sunday at the close of our service. Can't think of a better day for us to celebrate our freedom in Christ than on the 4th of July. It's going to be a freedom celebration, and we're going to celebrate some people that are going all in in their faith in Jesus. And the freedom that is afforded them because of their sin being washed away because of Christ's work on the cross at Calvary. And so if that's you and you'd like to take that step, you can 
either text the word water to 904-944-5800, or you can simply go out to the big green uh, next steps tent on your way out. You can talk to somebody there. They can get you all set up for next week. We want you to take this step. If you're a believer in Jesus and you haven't been baptized, what are you waiting for? There is no better time than right now. And if you have been baptized, my question for you is, how does the life that you're currently living line up with that public declaration that you made at your baptism? Are you still living and walking in that new life or have you found that from time to time that old person, that old you wants to creep in? Maybe there's an area of your life this morning that you need to repent, that you need to turn back to Jesus. My encouragement to you today would be to surrender to Jesus and receive once again his grace and the power of his Holy Spirit to live as the example that you've been called to live. If you are a Christ follower, but you haven't been baptized, what are you waiting on? And if you are a Christ follower and you have been baptized, does the life you're living match up with that personal declaration? As the Holy Spirit begins to minister and just speak to people's hearts and the decisions that they need to make, I wanna talk to the people in the room, those of you watching with us online, that perhaps you're not a Christ follower, but you're ready to take that step of faith. You're ready to move forward into the things that God has in store for you. The, The first step of that is to get into a relationship with Jesus Christ to accept him as Lord and Savior. Put your faith in him for the forgiveness of sin. And if that's you, I invite you to pray this prayer along with me. It's very simple. Would you pray this with me? Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner and that I'm lost without you. I believe that Jesus died in my place, making a way for us to have a relationship. Today, I choose to follow Jesus and his way for the rest of my life. Amen, amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Christ Walk Church podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. To find out more information about Christ Walk Church, including our service times, how to connect with us on social media, and the ministry opportunities we have for you and your family, simply visit our website at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget, because of Jesus, the best is yet to come.